Hello, and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. Thank you so much for joining in another week. I am super excited to be talking about (laughs) mushrooms again this week, but not in that sense, I would say, more of a microdosing sense. And I, I really try to do one episode a month on microdosing and bring on other people who can share their stories about it, share where they stand on it, how they use different plant medicines, and how we can use it really to benefit our lives. So I'm excited that this week is another one of those. But before we get into that, I just want to touch base on something that I actually brought up on Instagram last week. So it's a little controversial, but Disney released a new short film and it's called Reflect and it introduces a plus sized ballerina. Now I posted this on my Instagram stories last week and I said like, what are your thoughts? What do you think about this? And it was super interesting to hear everyone's feedback. Now, I wasn't sure kind of like where people were going to stand on this issue. So I'll kind of like overview, give you an overview and tell you what other people said and kind of my thoughts. So the majority of people said that when Disney is using a plus sized person as a main character, this is like promoting unhealthy habits, normalizing obesity, and it's actually pretty detrimental to society and to children. So if you Googled this short film, you'll see that the main character, like she's probably, I don't know, she's probably like 10 years old, I would say in this film. Like it's a child, like it's a full on child for sure. And she's very much like obese, I would say, like not necessarily overweight. And I, the caveat to this is like, this film has not been released yet. So I haven't seen it, but I think it's super interesting that this is happening. And it's super interesting hearing everyone's response. So there's one side of the argument that says like, how can we as a society really promote this type of figure? And even though, you know, there's this massive movement towards body positivity, there are still health impacts and detrimental health impacts of being super overweight of obesity in general. And so when Disney comes out with something like this, it's kind of overlooking the health implications of it. And it's kind of just promoting this like inclusivity culture. And I I think that's really interesting. And so the other side of the argument, which a couple of people said to me as well is like, it's great to see this. It's great that we're including bodies of all shapes and sizes. Like I was overweight as a kid and I would have loved to see somebody like this. Like I would have loved to see a reflection on myself. Like people were saying those types of things. So I think it's interesting to kind of hear both takes and it just made me think a lot. And as somebody who doesn't have kids right now, I don't know if my opinion would be different if I did have kids to be honest, like maybe it would be, but I find this kind of problematic to be honest. Like I, I think I'm on the side of normalizing obesity is not okay for society and definitely not okay for children. While I definitely am all for body positivity and including sizes for everybody. And I I am happy that we're moving towards that and away from like you must be a size zero or any of that type of thing. I think there is like a line that needs to be drawn of like, when does this actually negatively impact people? So there's like size inclusivity, but then there's also promoting obesity and normalizing obesity. And it's, it's really tricky. Like, I don't think that I'm actually like fully on one side or the other. Like, I think I'm I think I have different thoughts and and different opinions and a lot of people do. And I think this is a complicated matter that you don't need to be black and white on. But like if I had children, I don't know if I would necessarily want them looking up to somebody like this, to be honest. Like, I don't know if, yeah, I, I don't know if that's something that I would be comfortable with because I don't think necessarily that it's okay for children to be classified as obese. 
And unfortunately, there is a obesity epidemic that's happening around the world. I would guess that North America is probably the worst though. And so it's scary. It's scary to see this be normalized even more. I have a book, um, if anyone wants to read further on this topic, I don't know why I have this book, (laughs) but it's called Generation XL. And it's all about child obesity and what's happening in families, why this is happening, what you can do about it and that type of thing. It's, it's really good. And I think the, I think something that's important to note with this is that it's not necessarily the individual's fault or the child's fault. That's not what I'm saying. I don't think that's what people are saying. I think this is a societal, I think it's a societal issue. So I think the government has a lot to do with it. I think the way our food is produced and what we're eating and the costs of things have a lot to do with it as well. And so when I see something like this comes out, come out and it's promoted as something that's like super inclusive and great for society, it kind of overshadows the real problem of the fact that there are so many children that are obese and society in itself is causing that through many different, many different reasons. So I don't know. I like, I'm kind of disappointed that this has come out, but I'm kind of happy for people to also be able to identify with it. I don't know. I'm like, I'm I'm on the fence, but I will tell you. And what I can tell you is that the majority of the people who responded to me on Instagram said that they are against it. And they, they think that this is problematic for society. And I, which is interesting because it makes me think about my demographic in general and like the biohacking community in general. And which is like, this is a much bigger discussion, but I really wonder, yeah, I mean, I really wonder how many people are liberal, how many people are conservative and where kind of like people fall politically and like their beliefs and stuff. Because when something like this happens, it's very kind of shows what people believe, right? It kind of shows their like political stance in a way, not always, but it definitely can. And so it's, it's just interesting. And I, yeah, I think it's good to have dialogue about this stuff. And even if we don't agree or we don't make any like harsh decisions or opinions about it, I think it's important to talk about it and not just overlook it. And I will say that one person responded and she said something very interesting. She said that how did she word it? She worded it like Disney caused this problem. So they might as well embrace it and put it into their films. And I was like, "Oof, girl, damn. I was like, I didn't even think about it from that perspective, right? Like Disney is a corporation and obviously they have their hands in so many different businesses and so many different businesses that promote unhealthy living right? So junk food would be a big one. I would say like any sort of like Pepsi, Coke, anything like that, things that make kids like not as active. So different TV shows, all of the Disney shows, all the Disney movies, all of the games that you can play, like the list goes on and on of things that kind of take away from how healthy we should be at that young age. So it's funny that she was like, yeah, they should just embrace what they did. I mean, she's kind of right, I guess. I On this topic, I actually a few times have seen this, but I've seen photos and videos of, maybe not as much videos, but I've seen photos and videos of kids in schools in like, let's say the 70s, 80s, maybe even 90s, but I think it was like 70s, 80s. And like high school and primary school, elementary school type of idea. And everybody, like everybody in these photos is slim. Like, and I'm not saying like super, super skinny or anything like that, but let's say like size medium, sure, right? And you look at these photos and everyone is like that, everyone. And it's like, okay, so what was happening in the 70s and 80s that made that the norm at that time. And then how have, how far have we come from that society that now it's completely different in schools. 
And it, and that's pretty scary. And people who listen to my podcast weekly know that I'm very much on a preconception journey right now, you know, pregnancy prep journey, like starting super early. And so healthy children, healthy pregnancy, healthy babies, all of that is very front of mind for me. And it's probably going to be for the next few years. So it wouldn't surprise me if I actually end up talking about this way more because I really, really do care about it. And I think it's really important. And so I just worry about things like that. And I think about things like that in terms of, you know, what are people doing in schools and, and what are we eating that is producing a culture where the average person is overweight, like the average person. Like, I, I don't even remember the statistics. I would have to pull them up, but it's scary. It's really scary. And again, this is not like blame on the individual. Like, obviously there is some sort of sense of responsibility that should happen. I would say it's harder to say that to children because children, you know, they kind of eat whatever is put in front of them type of idea. So there is like some sense of responsibility that goes on the parents for this as well. But I think this is a socioeconomic multidisciplinary problem, disciplinary, multifaceted problem. And I don't think that there's some sort of easy fix for it at all. So it's just really interesting. And to be honest, like when I see something like this, like this Disney's short film reflect, like, I think this is just the beginning of this happening. Obviously in movies that are not Disney related, we've seen this for a long time, right? Like people of all shapes and sizes. And I think that's great. But I think when it starts to get to kids, I think when it starts to be in cartoons more or animated stuff, I don't know, it just hits different and it it makes me rethink things a lot. So that's just my thoughts. They're really random. (laughs) They're all over the place, but I think it's important again to like have dialogue about this stuff because if we don't talk about it as a community, we kind of lose a lot of power. And and I think that's important to talk about the difficult things. So maybe I'll have some sort of expert come on actually, who can talk about obesity and childhood (laughs) as complicated and as controversial of a topic as it is. But I think, again, I think most biohackers probably are on the same wavelength as myself. And if you're not, that's totally fine. We all agree and disagree and that's okay. And I definitely do not think we need to be divided and can't talk about it and can't be friends with people who have different opinions or anything like that. Like I do not believe at all in any of that. So thank you for listening to my rant about Disney today. (laughs) A quick shout out to the sponsors of this week by Optimizers. I am still using their magnesium. I love it. I actually took two last night and I've been taking two every night this week because I am overworking right now. So I'm mentally and physically kind of just stressed out at this point. And so it's really been helping with that. And they have full spectrum magnesium. Like I haven't seen that anywhere else. They have seven different types of magnesium in their product. It's the best on the market, which is like why I use it, why I promote them, because I just think they're the best and I would never promote another magnesium product. And it's really effective. Like I slept for, (laughs) how many hours did I sleep for? Probably 10 hours last night. (laughs) Mind you, I woke up at four yesterday, so I'm kind of like catching up, but it felt fantastic. And shout out to also Silver Biotics. I am really, really into their gel and their cream and their toothpaste as well. I think silver, like the mineral is super great for being you know, antibacterial and and different things like that. And just killing all of the bad guys once it touches it and breaks apart the, the cell membrane. So I love using silver biotics and I really do recommend it for eczema. I've had a few people actually message me on Instagram lately being like, how has it helped? And it's really, really helped with eczema and different issues that I've had with my skin. So a quick update, actually, the skin on the back of my legs is finally getting better. And I think it might be fungal. And if it is fungal, silver biotics is perfect for that because silver can kill off fungus on the skin, in the body, and that type of thing. So 
yeah, it's been really, <laughs> I'm actually running out of their product. So I need to contact them and get some more or order some more because I, I really do use it up. Like I, I use it all the time. So if you have any irritations like that or ear infections or anything like that, fungus, even on your nails, I know a lot of people get that. It's really, really helpful. So enjoy this week's episode all about microdosing. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. I love these ones. I think it's really cool to dive into different perspectives on microdosing and it's only growing. It's only growing, right? Like it's such a booming field right now. So it's super exciting to just talk about it with different people. And stay tuned next week for another episode, of course. And my giveaways are starting December 1st. I don't know if I've like publicly shared this. I guess I have in my newsletter. I'm doing 12 days of giveaways. So December 1st to December 12th, there's going to be a giveaway every single day on my Instagram feed. Every day will feature a different product, a different brand, and you can win one, which is really exciting. All of the brands are brands that I've worked with. You probably know most of them or have heard of them. So I'm really excited. And it's very like biohacking stuff. <laughs> biohacking products. I'm not going to give away too much. Although you could just go to my website and look at my most recent blog post because I list all 12 brands there. But yeah, so there's massive giveaways coming for the Christmas season. This is the first holiday campaign I've ever done and it's pretty hefty. There is going to be a podcast episode that comes out about the product every day in December. So 12 days, there's going to be a newsletter, a blog post, content on Instagram. The giveaway will be hosted on Instagram. And so just all of the goodies coming to you. And the idea is obviously, you know, you can enter to win it for yourself, but at the same time, it's really nice to win or buy something in the biohacking world for someone you love this holiday season. And that's kind of what I wanted it to be about. It's called 12 days of biohacking gifts. So, you know, gift it to your mom, your dad, your loved one, your kids, who knows, because we all kind of need support for our health right now. And we definitely do need it in December because December is a very hard month to stay on track with your health and nutrition. I, yeah, I'm very much aware of that. So stay tuned for that. If you aren't following me on Instagram, it's at biohacking Brittany. I think I'm at, I don't know, like 17, 17 and a half thousand followers. So thanks for listening. If you're one of those people as well and enjoy this episode and stay tuned for another one next week. Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you're listening this week. We are diving into all things microdosing, psilocybin, LSD, all of those types of things, which I love to talk about and really help other people understand. And today is going to be quite similar to that. I have a guest on the show who is going to walk us through his personal journey with his health and also how he came to find these different plant medicines and use them and his professional and personal perception of them. So Matthew, welcome to the show. Hi, Brittany. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So I, first and foremost, like I always ask people this, but I'm so curious as to how you got to the point of trying microdosing like the first time, like the first time you took that, like what led up to that in order for that to happen? Yeah, interesting. I think I think a lot of people come to microdosing from a place of like their, maybe like the beginning of their healing journey or the beginning of their plant medicine journey. Whereas for me, microdosing actually has sort of come further towards, you know, not the end, but you know, on the other side of many plant medicine journeys. So like what specifically, like how was that process? Was that like surprising to you or did you kind of like think that it would probably take a turn like that? Yeah, well, it was interesting. So like, I guess I'll just sort of give you a bit of a backstory of like how I've ended up where I am. So I've always been a curious person, you know, I've always been a seeker of truth of sorts. And, uh, how I sort of explored that like as a younger person was like through the lens of science and physics. And I ended up studying physics at university and that kind of became like my world lens to a degree. But there was just something missing in that. There was something hollow in that. There was this pursuit of truth, but this this loss of human nature in the mix of it all. 
where it was like my emotions and other people's emotions don't necessarily have like a place in the world of physics. And that, that left me in like a kind of strange position. And then when I was 18, I tried LSD for the first time. And that was a flood dose experience. And that was like fundamental shift in, in the view, my view of the world. Right. And so how much LSD did you take at the time? Well, that would have been like a, you know, a pretty standard flood dose. I, if I was to guess, I would say probably like 150 micrograms, something like that. Yeah. And so when you say like it shifted the way that you see the world, like how would you describe it was before and then how would you describe it was after? Yeah, it was interesting. Like before, you know, like I, I studied like quantum physics. So there was this idea of like, you know, there's an observer that is necessary to create reality. And I'd never felt like that in my own being. And that's like a big part of like meditation, for example, is like you become the witness. And I'd never experienced something like that until I did this dose of LSD. And then a cascade of events kind of happened where I became the observer of my reality rather than just like the person who's like moving through it on autopilot. And from that new perspective, I just found myself like being more kind in the world and appreciating nature more and like telling my parents I love them more. And it just started to kind of like bring down these hard walls of science I'd created and started opening them up into like, you know, more full human rich experience. I actually really love that. I think I've heard a lot of people talk about being the observer of your own thoughts and of yourself. And it's the first time you kind of hear people talk about this type of thing. It's kind of hard to wrap your head around it, but I forget where it was, but someone was describing this to me. It might've been on a podcast a few years ago, but they were saying is like the way that you can visualize it is just picture somebody like yourself sitting on like a chair or a rocking chair inside your brain and just like watching you in your flesh do these certain actions and have these thoughts and say these things. So it's like this increased awareness of everything you do say and think from a standpoint that is like somewhat removed from yourself, which is hard to explain and, and make sense of, but like, that's how I always picture it when we talk about these things. Like, do you kind of see it like that? Or do you see it differently? Yeah, definitely. I think that's like a good metaphor. It's like, there's, you can experience an emotion. And you can also be the witness of the emotion, like you can be triggered in life and get angry, and then realize that you got angry. They're kind of two different, two different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it's interesting as well when you are able to do it with even like your thoughts, because the idea, or I guess like the ideal place you want to be in is like when you are the observer, you're actually not judging yourself no matter what. So like if you think something great or do something great or you do something terrible, it's not like this judgment of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. I'm a terrible person. It's rather this like observer being like, oh, that's really interesting that you did that. And it's like a very like objective perception of the things that we do. And I, again, I think that's really cool and difficult to remember to do actually. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It takes like an added layer of awareness with you all the time. Like mindfulness, you know, it's, it's hard to incorporate that in the hustle and bustle of everyday life, but it's always there. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree on that. So when, you know, you did LSD for the first time, and then you kind of start to think about things differently. But obviously, you came down from that high when you had like a hero dose like that. So were you able to kind of still take this on into your life? Or did it fade away a little bit? Yeah, well, well that's it. Like it, I definitely it fundamentally changed things. But it does fade, you know, like you, you do go up and you do come down. And, and I think people tend to sometimes like go back to the wishing well too often because they like the perspective of being at the top and it's hard being down the bottom. But slowly but surely it changed. I started to change. I started to practice yoga and meditation and read literature by Alan Watts and, and Ram Das and just tweak the way that I am in the world. And then that kind of led to like the next layer of my evolution, which was I was 
interested in psychedelics at that point in plant medicines. And I came across a TED talk by Graham Hancock about ayahuasca. And the moment he said ayahuasca, like the first time I heard that word, my entire body tingled. And it was like my intuition, like a, a match was lit. And it was something that I, I couldn't unexperience. Wow. Wow. So have you done ayahuasca then? Yeah. So I ended up finishing school and then traveling to South America and and drinking ayahuasca down there with the Shipibo and then also drinking with people of the Shipibo lineage around the world as well. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. I've heard about ayahuasca for a few years now and it's something that I would love to try and I'm thinking about doing and I'm sure I will do it in the next couple of years, but I I haven't done it yet. So I'm curious, do you think that you had a similar experience as the first time you did LSD to the first time that you did ayahuasca? Yeah, to a degree, like it puts you in a similar state of consciousness, but I would say the ayahuasca mental clarity is a little bit higher. And I think, you know, like when everyone has access to like medicine now from all around the world. But very rarely now do we have the teachers, do we have the shaman that holds the medicine, the lineage that teaches us how to use it. And I think one of the things with ayahuasca that's really beautiful is that I like partake in like Shipibo style ceremonies. And that's a ceremony that's been cultivated over 5,000 years. And it's a different way of interacting with plant medicines than in the modern world. So how many times have you done ayahuasca at this point? A couple dozen. And that that led to an evolution of my consciousness that's hard to put into words sometimes. And not that I'm saying it's like the equivalent of being enlightened, but like when you read about enlightenment, it's very hard to grasp what they're trying to convey because the experience that you're having at that level is like at the consciousness level. And then you're trying to like use words to bring it down to explain it. And that's like of the mind. So it's very difficult, I think, to translate that sometimes. But the thing that really I got out of it more than anything else was like a realignment of like what it means to be human and beginning to understand that things don't happen to us. They happen for us. And that just changes the way that you start to, to work with trauma in your life and work with hard events and situations that arise. It, it now becomes an opportunity for growth and for lessons rather than to play the victim and feel like the world has done you wrong. Wow. I love that. I think it's hard to really remember that in our day-to-day life and hard to, yeah, kind of take that with us. But it's very common when I talk to people about ayahuasca, microdosing, maybe not as much microdosing, but it's really often for people to try and describe what happens and how they feel or what they see. Like you said, it's very difficult to actually put that into like human language and you can do your best to describe like maybe you see something, the colors or whatever it is, but it's never going to do justice to actually what you experienced. And so it's hard for people who haven't done it to kind of really understand what you're talking about. Yeah, definitely. It's very strange. Like when you go into an altered state of consciousness, your view of the world fundamentally shifts. And I think it's very hard to describe what that is like to someone who potentially has like a relatively narrow view of the world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So how is your, so you've done ayahuasca a few dozen times, a couple dozen times, done like hero doses of LSD, but when, like, how often do you microdose and what are you microdosing with right now? Yeah. So I guess that's where the journey kind of leads to microdosing, where I was having these like great openings of my consciousness, but the expansion was not something integrated. It was something, there's a difference between horizontal expansion and vertical integration. So like the horizontal is you may do a, a dose of some of a plant medicine and be like, okay, I, I need to be more loving in the world, right? That's the horizontal expansion. But then the integration is I am more loving in the world. And that's something that I think with plant medicines that people struggle with sometimes is actually like doing the work, the integration, the meeting the medicine halfway. 
Yeah, I've talked about that actually a couple times before because I think a lot of people see these plant medicines as exactly that, like medicine. And it's going to be this like healing thing that you take and then, you know, you're kind of good to go type of idea, almost, you know, like a basic supplement or something, but it doesn't really work like that. And it's, it's kind of hard to explain people, explain to people like you have to do the work. So even if, you know, you have these new thoughts that come up while you're microdosing and you're like, okay, I have this creative solution for this problem I've been having. That's all that will happen unless you actually go and do something about that new creative solution that you've figured out. Do you know what I mean? Like you still have to put it all into action into your life. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one thing. It's like, it doesn't make you feel better. It makes you feel more and it's increasing the emotional processing inside your system. And that doesn't always mean good emotions. You know, that can mean difficult things. But ultimately, it's, it is healing. It's like the discovery of going through, why do I have these emotions? They're surfacing and now I can process them. And now that's the work. That's the integration. That's how we work through our, our traumas. Did you know that before the invention of germicides and antibiotics, it was known that disease-causing germs could not survive in the presence of silver? Thus, silver was used in dishware, drinking containers, and eating utensils. Whether it's a weak immune system, dry skin, eczema, sun damage, bad breath, or unhealthy gums, we are all looking for ways to optimize our health and reduce the symptoms we're dealing with on a daily basis. But honestly, it's tough to know what remedy to try what food may be causing the issue, or what will actually work when we're trying to heal. Of course, there are somewhat effective solutions we can get from our local pharmacy, but as people who prefer using the power of nature to heal, using these products don't really align with our values. Keeping our bodies strong is essential to our good health. A strong immune system can protect our body from infection and helps us heal. Silver has been used for centuries to do exactly this. Silver Biotics have taken the old technology of colloidal silver and improved it to create the next generation of silver products. Silver Biotics has products for skincare for issues like dry skin and eczema, and I'm currently using their skin gel on the back of my legs as I try to heal the dry skin that I'm dealing with. They have oral health products as well, including a fantastic toothpaste that helps fight bad bacteria with its silver content. It also decreases bad breath, whitens teeth, and supports healthy gums. They have an immune support supplement that can be taken orally, which also helps support our immune system from the inside out. If you are interested in trying silver and you've heard about this and it's kind of been one of those things that you've always wanted to do and try... I really, really recommend Silver Biotics, and they are my go-to silver company. You can head over to silverbiotics.com or the shop on my website and use my code BIOHACKINGBRITTANY in all capitals to get a discount, which gets you 10% off today. Again, I really recommend trying this if it's for you, if it's for your pet, if it's for a loved one. Silver is definitely a staple in my little pharmacy I have at home. So that's silverbiotics.com or the shop on my website, discount code biohackingbrittany for 10% off today. Yeah. And I think that's important, especially like I, I think everybody has some sort of trauma that they're healing from, whether it's like big T trauma that they call it or little T trauma over time. I think we all have stuff from like our childhoods and things like that, that kind of reminisce and just like hang out in the background and we never really deal with it. But that doesn't mean that it's actually not showing up in how we act every single day. And that's hard for a lot of people to hear, right? Because they think it's nice to kind of think that things are in the past and they're dealt with, you know what I mean? Like it's easier to think of things like that. But every time I talk to people who microdose and who've had a similar journey to you, it's like, no, it's hanging out there because you haven't dealt with it yet. And then once you heal and deal with it, then it's obviously much better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like the reframing, I was saying that it, once you start looking at these things, like they were actually a gift. They were actually a gift from the universe for you to learn something. You know, I think that's really important. And I think that really changes the way that, that you are in the world. 
you know. Yeah, absolutely. So how long have you been microdosing for in total, would you say? So I've been microdosing for about a year and a half at this point. And the first year of that, I would say I was very strict with the protocol where so that's then I, you know, I met I met Microsyben and the people there and I really like connected with their worldview and the formulas, their understanding of life and these medicines, you know, they're really related to my view as well. And so, yeah, I did I did five days on, two days off, pretty strict for an entire year. And then after that, it's kind of ebbs and flows depending on what my life is doing. But I think that's really how you get the most like bang for your buck to a degree where how I see like the, pro- the importance of the protocol is that the idea of neurons that fire together, wire together. That feels like to me the premise of microdosing. So when you microdose, you're putting your brain in a state of increased communication. There's more communication between the left and right hemispheres. And then the default mode network, which is like the habitual thought and action autopilot part of the brain, like starts to quiet down. And when you put your brain in that state consistently, you now have more communication in the brain, which is like the neuroplasticity part of it. But when you're strict with the protocol over a relatively long period of time, now those neurons that were firing together start wiring together. So you're actually creating permanent changes in the brain of increased communication. Yeah, that's so interesting that it's permanent like that. I, you know, I've I've talked about this before, but when you take something like psilocybin, it really helps connect, like you said, like new neurons, create new pathways. And it's not that it's necessarily, it's almost like you have all of the data in front of you. You're just looking at it in a a different relationship to each other than you did before. And that's what creates like all of the creativity people get from it or all of the new ideas and solutions is like, that's the very like core of how it works. But it's interesting that you're saying that the new connections that the neurons make are actually permanent. Yeah, they're permanent if you can maintain that that state of increased communication over a long period of time. Like that's where the protocol really becomes, I think that's where it shines, you know? Right. And so is that your recommendation then? Like is your recommendation for people to do a year of five days on and two days off? I don't know if a year is necessary. Like I think everyone should just work with what feels right to their system. But for me, that's just kind of how it how it moved through. And once I got to around a year, the desire kind of just trickled off. And I felt like what I was looking for, I had kind of received, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And which products from Microsybin were you using for that protocol? That was pretty much the Microsybin Pro almost the whole way through. Like the Genesis Pro? Yeah. The Genesis Pro with, with niacin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. Okay, so this has 150 milligrams of psilocybin in it. It has harissum, I don't know how to say this. Uh, Aaron, yeah, is that lion's mane? Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the uh, the species name for it. And then niacin and then shilajit in it. So it's interesting that this has niacin in it. Did you experience any type of niacin flush? Yeah, well, funny, like I, they warned me about the niacin flush. And I never got it. And like I never got flushed in the face, whatever. And about six months in, I got nice and flush. And it was my entire body. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> for, for 15 minutes. And then it never happened again. So, Whoa, weird. That was very strange. And I don't know if anyone else has experienced something like that. But I'd be interested to hear if they have. Yeah, yeah, I wonder what caused it on that specific day compared to all of the other days. Yeah, yeah, I really I really can't say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I actually haven't done this blend. I'm curious though, I just want to look quickly like so that's the pro, but what is the difference between that and the regular Genesis? Let's see. I think it's just the niacin. 
It is the niacin. Oh, and the regular Genesis is 125. The other one was 150 milligrams of psilocybin, right? Oh, right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the pro is the niacin. That's so interesting. I'm going to look further into why that, why it's called pro and why they like, do you even know why they added niacin to that specific product? Yeah. Well, I like the niacin increases blood flow. It expands the capillaries. So I think like this stack is actually not including the shilajit. It goes back to Paul Stamets, who's like the one of the the top people in the mycology world. And it basically, yeah, it increases blood flow and it basically pushes the psilocybin deeper into your system. It gets into the places that may not naturally flow. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, because I, so my experience with microdosing, I've never followed a specific protocol before. I, I've thought about it and I kind of, right now I'm kind of doing when I feel like I need it. So let's say I'll microdose with LSD once a week and I'll microdose with psilocybin twice a week type of thing. It's not very full on, but it it is something that I would look further into and I would be interested in. Maybe it's something I'll start in January type of idea. But my favorite product, and I know you know microcybin's products really well, is Heal. And this is the one I always recommend to people because this is the product that makes me feel the best. And so this one for people who haven't taken a look at it. So it's got 150 grams of psilocybin from a mushroom called albino avery. And then it's got ashwagandha, cacao, and shilajit in it. And for some reason, this one above all of the other ones, I feel like most in tune with. And have you tried this one? I I have, I have. So uh, if you wouldn't mind, I could just riff a little bit on on why that would be the case. So uh, another thing that, you know, I, I really liked about my communications with microcybin was I got to talk to some of their mycologists and kind of learn a bit of like the background side of growing. And I've, I've grown some medicinal and therapeutic mushrooms myself. And I find it like a really interesting endeavor. And I think people are so quick to look at the world of mushrooms and see that there's different strains and different varieties. And they think the most or the, the, they think the only category to look at is potency. And I think that's a really short viewed, short sighted perspective of this thing where the psilocybin cubensis, which is like the species, is so broad, like what can grow in, inside of it. And an example would be like dogs, for example, like all dogs. I can't remember the Latin name now. I think it's Canis familiaris or something where like all dogs come under that species. And to be like, well, the only thing we look for in dogs is towing horsepower, I think takes away from the beauty of the diversity. So the albino avaries, they're like a really, a really beautiful mushroom and they're really gentle and feminine and they have a different kind of connection with you than something else, especially something like the penis envy that are in the Jedi blend. Like energetically, they're very different. Ladies, are you feeling stressed and completely overwhelmed by life right now? Are you having trouble sleeping? Are you finding it hard to lose weight and feel like the scale won't move no matter what you do? If this sounds like you, I want to talk to you about magnesium. Magnesium is involved in hundreds of different processes in the body, and one of the main things it does is help calm your nervous system so you feel happy, relaxed, and sleep well at night, which we all want, don't we? (laughs) It helps regulate your blood sugar and blood pressure and even plays an important role in helping your body burn fat. And for women especially, magnesium plays a huge role in our health throughout our life. It can help with PMS, it's important during pregnancy to prevent high blood pressure, and even helps with menopause symptoms. It's also critical for bone density, which women really need to pay attention to as we get older. The scary fact is up to 80% of women aren't getting enough magnesium. And when you're stressed, you need even more magnesium, leading to a vicious cycle. That's why I'm excited to talk to you about by Optimizer's incredible formula called Magnesium Breakthrough that is changing the game. Magnesium Breakthrough is one of my favorite magnesium products, and I highly recommend this to every single person, mostly because it has seven unique forms of magnesium in it, plus cofactors and other nutrients to help enhance absorption. 
This month, they are including free bottles, which is wild, free bottles of their full line of digestive health products on select orders um, while supplies last. So go get your free products. Go get your magnesium at www.magbreakthrough.com slash biohackingbritney and use my discount code, which is biohackingbritney in all capitals for 10% off. This is also linked in the shop page on my website. I can also send you the link on Instagram. It's really easy. So again, you get 10% off plus free products. Like Go run to this website right now, get your magnesium, get your digestive support, from by optimizers. And like, so what do you mean by that? Like energetically, they're very different. Yeah. So I think like when you work with the albino aviaries, the energy, when like you take them, it's, it seems, you know, it's, it can be more emotional. It's more feminine. It's a bit more soft. The touch is like a little less abrasive. And I think that's why it works so well in the heel blend, you know, whereas the golden teachers that are in like the Genesis blend are like, they're like a firm handshake. <laughs> it, it's, yeah. it's a different kind of energy, you know? Yeah. And so like I've done, I've taken Genesis and I've taken Jedi. And when I took, I think it was Jedi, I felt more, I don't want to say masculine, but I just felt very like, maybe just more like, I don't want to say aggressive either, but more sharp and on and had more energy and just kind of like firing from all cylinders is kind of how I would say it. Whereas like when I take heel with the albino mushroom, I don't have that feeling at all. Like you talked about, like it feels very soft and internal. And I think that's why I actually gravitate towards it so much is because as somebody who runs my own business and works and planning a wedding and doing all of these things. Like, I feel like I'm actually naturally more in my masculine energy throughout the day at work. And I, it's exhausting to be honest, like for a female, it's pretty exhausting and it's stressful. And so with Jedi, like that doesn't attract me to that at all. Whereas like albino, if we're going to say it has feminine energy, it makes total sense that I love it because it gets me out of my masculine and into my feminine more. And I think like I need that balance in life. Yeah, totally. It's pulling you back along the spectrum of like one end masculine, one end feminine. It's pulling you back. Yeah, I love what you've been saying about all of this. And I'm I'm curious if you have any friends or family members that you've recommended these products to who've kind of had a similar experience to you or me and what that's been like for them. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting because I think a lot of people get kind of preachy with plant medicine sometimes. They're like, hey, you should do this, you should do this, you know? And What's the, like the most interesting with the microdosing is that people can kind of just notice that you're just in like a high vibe state. And it's interesting because it feels like people kind of get drawn in. And, you know, I've had quite a few friends now try it. My mom's tried it, my partner, microdoses, and it's a beautiful thing, you know? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think we're really moving to a place where plant medicine is more accepted worldwide. I don't think, you know, obviously we're not at that point yet, but even with, and I actually don't even know where you're located, but even with like cannabis becoming legal in Canada and other places like that, it really is opening this door to healing through plants and using plants. But I, I think there is a lot of education that's needed around it. And kind of like we said before, like, how do we respect it and use it appropriately without having like these high expectations of it or even just abusing it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And I did listen to I think you were talking with with Sean about like these things and addiction and you know, I don't think these things are inherently addictive by any means, but like I was saying there is that that vibe of okay, well, they've shown me that I need to work on this thing, I could heal this thing, I could be better in this aspect. And you know what you need to do now. But rather than do the work, you kind of pretend like, oh, I don't actually know. I should keep going back to the wishing well. I think that's definitely something that people have to be careful of and be real with themselves about. Absolutely. So if someone has heard quite a lot about microdosing at this point and they're interested, but they've never done it before, what are your recommendations or tips or anything like that for people to get started? 
Yeah, I would say it really is like a beautiful stepping stone into the world of, of plant medicines and potentially to change up some aspects of yourself and your life. It really isn't a huge step. Like it's very subtle. Microcybin is the best of the best. I couldn't recommend them highly enough. Their products have changed my life. They have changed my life. Like the team behind them, they're beautiful, interesting people. And yeah, I think I think it's if it's something that you feel called to, be brave. Yeah, I love that. I've really enjoyed working with Microcybin in the last few months and trying their products. And it's been pretty profound, to be honest. Like even as somebody who's not on a strict protocol at this time, I've definitely noticed a shift in things that I've been thinking about and healing. And I talked about this on one of my episodes as well, but microdosing in conjunction with therapy, like seeing a counselor, like those healing modalities together are really beautiful and can really help people who've been through very difficult things. And I just love that combo. And I I really recommend that to people if there's like something weighing heavily on them and to look to that type of healing rather than, you know, an antidepressant or abusing alcohol or something like that. There are other ways that we could heal through things that have happened to us. Definitely. And permanently as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Matthew, for coming on the show today. It was great to chat with you. And I, yeah, I know a lot of people are going to get a lot from this just because it's so awesome to hear your story and your personal perspective on microdosing and plant medicine in general. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week. 